Welcome to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. What you hear in the next hour could very well save your life. Now, here's your host, Sharon Kleina. I want to invite you to listen to the Sharon Kleina Hour. The power of water living on this planet with the solar system and water life as a science, water life science. This show was originated soon 13 years ago intentionally with Voice America and syndicated because I had, I knew the world could maybe listen. And we're always launching press releases and blogs and Twitters to back up our education, our information that we talk about on the show and what I do in research. I'm the founder of Biologic Aqua Research Water Life Science Studies. But I'm the founder of Nature's Mist, Face of the Water for the Skin, with a very rare tissue culture grade of water for misting, for moisturizing the skin that was in high-end cosmetics for years. But then I got over to the medical field with invitation, with ophthalmologists studying what must be done for the evaporation of the eye and the water of the eye and the organ of the surface is 99% water. So I studied that and were the founders of Nature's Tears, I Miss Technology, I'm Missing, with the technology of tissue culture-grade water with a micron that won't weight down the eye, such as certain things that touch it. You've got to be careful how it, you touch it on the surface of the eye or it'll, uh, it'll have a trauma and get too dry. And the word dry, eye is now becoming quite a focus worldwide because it leads to blindness. But our whole body, living with the planet and the solar system, as you look out at your planet and you notice certain geography in different continents, they're turning into more sand than they started with, with soil, ferns. Fresh water, moss, turning into sand. That isn't really that healthy for the whole planet. The planet is healthy with the atmosphere's water vapor that keeps us alive. Without that water vapor and the atmosphere, you wouldn't be alive. This earth wouldn't be alive. We wouldn't have the electric energy of wireless nothing. We wouldn't have been able to electrify the wires the power to bore for the wireless. But your human body would not have been born without being in a pocket of water in your mother's womb and developing these organs of the body with nature's blessing and gift. And each organ has a percentage of water. Now, why did nature do that? with the nature of the planet Earth, to live with the planet Earth for eternity, as you would hope nature would, but it doesn't. And the reason why is once that baby is born, the decision of each organ had to be done, and each organ's nature had to have a, has a percentage of water. And what that percentage is, you need to know. 
percentage of your eye at the surface is 99% water. But you never knew that. Because of the word dry eye means loss of water. Loss of moisture. Moisture, the word means water, not a cream. Water. The brain is 80 to 85% water. Well, in the womb, during the, when the eyes and, and the womb begin to develop and the brain, they develop at the same breath together. Now, why did nature do that? Well, when I studied, I could see it was nature's method of giving the eyes, once that eyelid is open and you begin to live your life as a human, it touches the atmosphere, that organ of the eye, when you're born. The electrifying of the atmosphere, and again, like I'm teaching you, there'd be no wireless, there'd been no original power, unless there was electric, electric in, energy in the water vapor. It is at all times. That's how it keeps the earth going, living with the solar system, keeping it all in rhythm. It all has to be in rhythm. If it isn't in rhythm, there is a problem because the rest of the body is living with the organs behind that brain, a percentage of water. That percentage of water when you're born begins an evaporation process. It's like you take a sponge, put it in a glass, and let it sit there for a few days and just let it absorb in a glass of sponge. Then you take that sponge out and lay it down on a table. It begins to evaporate water to dryness. And I'll bet you that you could take four sponges, like Dr. Emoto has been studying before he passed away now. Dr. Emoto believed that glasses of water filled with water and the life around it pick up a behavior in the water, that each glass will have a different behavior. If you pull that sponge out of each glass and lay it down on the table, let's say you have four sponges, I'll bet you there's going to be all the sponges may evaporate differently. Interesting. That's how we are as humans. We're living that technical. It's not, easy, it's not simple. And your health depends upon you and you wanting to learn. And I've been saying on the radio show, the Health Olympics. The Health Olympics are very important to you individually. You mothers, when that baby goes home, you look at it that way. As if you're wanting to learn to, when you become pregnant, study what you think you should eat for something you never met. Once that human life is born, the gift of that miracle, that miracle begins life and evaporation 
to eventually death. You need to study that individually, how the individual baby is, is living, its behavior, its personality, its health, and start giving it water because water is the secret to your life. We have a virus going on throughout the globe now, coronavirus. And they've got to learn to get these people drinking more water with the virus and prior to virus, maybe to escape the virus. Water is the magic nutrition of all life. It's being studied that food will be the next medicine. Well, the first food, all of you physicians, all of you scientists, everybody out there studying, all of you that care about your health and want to do something about it, you better drink a lot of water with Ebola and the continent. With Ebola, they learned that they, they decided, why not try it? Why not try it? It's safe. We probably won't be sued. Let's get them drinking a gallon of water a day. And lo and behold, it worked. It worked. Was I surprised? No, with what I studied. Water is the secret to your life. Then breathing. The atmosphere and living with your breath. Your nutrition choices. Sure, you can cheat moments and times, but you've got to have another method to re- replenish this the body you've got, that body, body that long, belongs to you. When you're born, there are no two people that evaporate the same. Like I taught you maybe about the sponges. No two eyes alike. No two fingerprints. It's tough to tr- work with people's symptoms. You've got to know those symptoms and, and your body better than anybody. You need to study that. It's your, it's your gift. Live with that gift. Now we're having a lot of emotional problems going on throughout the world, too. Let's learn to look at that like it needs a behavior study. What's going on here? What's behind this? And start doing something about it personally. How you can behave and how you can live. Do you want to thrive on negative? Or do you, would you prefer living with the solar system the way the earth has had to do it for millions of years to survive and do what it's doing? But water is your best friend with no added ingredients. Water. Oh, you can put a twist of lemon or lime or a twist of orange, but or orange rinds, lemon rinds, lime rinds. But don't add anything that's going to block absorption, and that's what the weight in the water does. If you add ingredients, it blocks it. It needs to absorb. Room temperature water is the best. If you get serious, and a restaurant asks for water and a home water, and then you can add a twist of, of lime, lemon, or orange, but 
and the restaurant get a straw, but no ice until you decide it's a hot day and you want to just kind of splurge. Remember this. This could save your life and somebody else's life. And those little toddlers running around depending upon you, do something about that. All children are perfect and they need your wisdom. Today we have an exciting show. We have Kelly Ross, who lives in Fairfax County in Virginia. And I guess she's a friend of our program person, um, director of our show in D.C., um, Rose Hong. She teaches yoga. And we're going to learn a lot about the thousands of years, I'm sure it is, of yoga and what they've learned about yoga to integrate it into the field of an international phenomena that is happening that people are learning more about with science, yoga. Science? Yes. Because everything I just taught you this before I brought up Kelly was teaching you why the body needs to respond to the atmosphere the way it does. Well, listen to our sponsor, though. Nature's Tears Eye Mist with just a mist in the United States and China and around the world. Nature's Tears Eye Mist is the only technology for dry eye with just a mist, 100% water, a trade secret tissue culture grade of water that has become by millions of people loving and using and find it to be quite a benefit to making LASIK, cataracts, eye drops, and complaints of fatigue and dry eye and sitting at a computer and looking at your phone all day and more, flying on a plane, in your sports activities and more, children in school, simple, easy, and safe. We'll listen to our sponsor, and we'll be back with Kelly Ross. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in your brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. These days, everyone is looking for information on staying young, healthy, and fit. The Voice America Health and Wellness Network is here to help you on your quest to better health and a better you. We talk about everything from diet, fitness, and aging to substance abuse, personal growth, mental health, and much more. Learn from our experts who cover health and wellness from traditional and holistic perspectives. Tune in to the Voice America Health and Wellness Network. Healthy living starts here. Streaming live. The leader in Internet talk radio. VoiceAmerica.com.
listening to the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Kelly, are you with us? I am with you. Hello. <laughs> well, thank you for joining us today. I hear um, Rose um, highly recommends you, our program person, for how long have you taught uh, yoga? I've been teaching since 2012, um, but I've been studying yoga for closer to three decades, I would guess. Uh-huh. Um, oh. It just led me to, to teach when I had the opportunity about eight or nine years ago. I actually undertook a 200-hour yoga teacher training. Okay. Now, before we get into the science of yoga and that um, benefit procedure there, let's talk about you. Um, <laughs> where did you grow up and what did you do and how did you get with your passion today? Tell her a little about, about yourself. Well, I actually grew up here in Northern Virginia and um, I grew up, I loved ballet, which is actually how I discovered yoga. Back in those days, you went to the library to check out books and the ballet section was right next to the yoga section and once I had made my way through all the ballet books, I found the books on yoga and that was how I discovered yoga. Um, I went on to dance for a while professionally. I performed at Walt Disney World and with some other companies. And then um, I transitioned into a career in law, um, which sounds like a big jump. But my father and my grandfather are both practicing Virginia attorneys, so it wasn't that odd. And yoga got me through law school and through a very stressful career as a public defender and that was when I decided I wanted to teach and share yoga around that time. And then I had my beautiful son. When I had my son, I kind of wanted to do something where I was working with kids before they reached the, the justice system. So I became a teacher. So I'm on career number three now, but yoga has been the constant through all of them. Uh-huh. <laughs> now, I've got to ask you, um, what did your family think when you decided to go from ballet dance or dancing to law to yoga (laughs) (laughs) um you know i think they have just learned to expect the unexpected from me at all at all stages of the game (laughs) and i'm not done yet kelly writing a book you you know you ought to turn your um script a manuscript a script for a future hallmark Story for Hallmark <laughs> movies. <laughs> it, there's never a dull moment. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. It's a. It is a script for a Hallmark movie. Uh, if you've ever, I, I, my therapy is watching them once in a while, and I don't get too often, but once in a while, it's and yes, uh, they, and they're so well done. And it's therapy. It's therapy. Do you notice there's no blood? There's no sex? Just kissing? <laughs> no yelling no. and screaming? And, and, and all there's these always things. a good, happy ending. <laughs> and it always ends up with a kiss. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it has these I get a kick out of their scrubs. Uh, they're all similar. And they're all... Um, the story of your life. 
telling. Right, because why mess with it if it works, you know? <laughs> well, you you know, you led to a passion. You've led yourself to doing. Now, into yoga, uh, because you've studied with the 200-year-old uh, yoga background there, but how old, how long ago was it when they started yoga? Oh, my gosh. Well, yoga has roots in India. Um, it's actually it began a in India. Tradition. Right, right. Um, but, I mean, you know something I'll tell you. They, they had a really wonderful exhibit. I think it was at the Sackler. It was one of the galleries here in D.C. And they had on display yogic texts, sculptures, artworks, um, from, I mean, I want to say some of them were, we're not even talking, you know, hundreds, we're talking thousands of years old, right? Even, you know, a couple, few thousand years old. So many thousands of years of history with the yogic tradition. And I mean, what we see here in the West, of course, is, is different than what is practiced in other cultures. But, you know, any good teacher training is going to have those roots. And, so, yeah, it's, it's an extremely well-established tradition. <laughs> now, when, when they originated it, were you able to tap in to why that was originated by why? The word how yoga came about? Yeah. Did you were able to tap into so, anything there? Well, a lot of it comes from the spirituality um, and the religious texts. Um, there we go. You know, yoga, mm-hmm. there's so much more to it than the physical, which is really what we mm-hmm. get here in the West. Now, the physical mm-hmm. is a fantastic aspect, and it's what we call one of the limbs of yoga, um, mm-hmm. of which there are eight. But it's part of a much bigger tradition that roots itself in observances, kind of moral observances and personal observances, Plus mm-hmm. these breathing practices and these poses or asanas that we see here. Um, and then that leads into more introspective work where you are concentrating your attention, leading to a single-pointed focus, which leads to meditation, which ultimately mm-hmm. in the spiritual text was said to lead to a state of samadhi, which is which is enlightenment. Mm-hmm. And so okay. the goal was never just physical, although that is what you see here most of the time with our, you know, and even the classes that I teach. I where do you think the physical, physical began? Where, where, where did, you, did the physical begin in India or did the physical begin in the United States? No, it definitely began in India. And okay. it was a practice that from my understanding, was primarily enjoyed by males of a higher caste or social okay. uh, group. And okay. so that's something that had been going on for many, many years. And then when yoga kind of made the transition to the West, as the story goes, some of the um, first folks who brought yoga to the East, they kind of went to visit India, you know, looking for that same spirituality that kind of started to come over through the Beatles, you know, in the 60s and stuff. Mm-hmm. And when they had observed mm-hmm. these these people doing these poses, they got intrigued. And so 
some of the folks that initially brought yoga to the West um, studied with many of the most famous teachers. Krishnamacharya is the kind of the, um, what we go back to, he's the main, I guess, proponent of what we would recognize as yoga here in the West. And so there are many teachers mm-hmm. that are, you know, well-known that studied under his lineage. And in yoga, lineage is a big deal. So, <laughs> tracing your teacher back did, to another who teacher. Who did they originally study with here in the United States? Who, who was the first one? You, did you have the name of the first person who came to the United States to do this with the United States? You know, I would say um, I come from a tradition of, so there are different types of yoga, and I come from a pretty physical okay. background, and Ashtanga yoga, um, or what we okay. call eight-limbed yoga, is mm-hmm. one of the first forms that came over to the United States. Um, people like David Swenson, David Williams, Clifford Sweat, they were the ones that had actually traveled and spent a lot of time in India and then studied with um, Sri Patabi Joyce, who was over in Mysore at the time and kind of became the guru for a lot of the folks that had originally brought yoga over to the West. Um, mm-hmm. Verabinder Birch is a big name. She also studied in that Ashtanga tradition. Um, so mm-hmm. there were a lot of folks in the kind of 70s and 80s traveling overseas and then coming back having studied from, mm-hmm. you know, kind of what we call the source in India. And what era, do you remember the, uh, a couple of the dates in that era when it first began in the United States? I'm not sure. Like I say, it was, you know, I think you started to see some folks coming over in the late 70s to early 80s. So it's really neat when you kind of... Oh, really? Was that... (laughs) When you kind of look over... No, it really wasn't. And when you think about, you know, all these different, you know, kind of trends or like phases that the fitness industry goes through, it wasn't that long ago when you think about it. However, what I will say is that yoga has endured for quite some time. If you think mm-hmm. the late 70s, early 80s, that's, you know, when I was born. Um, but I'm starting to, <laughs> I'm starting to show my age. So, you know, I took private yoga lessons in the 90s with Petrina York, yeah. who had moved here from England. And... Um, I had an incident um, with my heart. So I said to myself, so I studied around, because I'm the founder of a research center. So I studied around a little bit, and I said, I kept bumping into yoga, maybe. So here local, I happened to ask. She had just moved here with her husband, who was an engineer from England. She wasn't from England. And she'd written several books, Katrina York. And when we started, I said, I only want private lessons. So when we went in, I uh, went into my first round that day, and I turned to her at the end of the round of, of the practice and at uh, the therapy, and I said, Katrina, from now on with me, can I concentrate on the study of the breathing with this with you? More than, yes. yes, we'll add some other things. But I said, I really want to study that breathing. Because if I was having a hard time, Kelly, breathing. <laughs> I mean, it was like, wow, I was out of, I was exhausted. 
Um, well, you know something, you must have intuitively known that that's something that's, I mean, in, in yoga, it's called pranayama, or mm-hmm. prana is kind of synonymous with energy or breath or even life force. And so pranayama loosely translates to breath stretching, but there are so many different types of pranayama or breathing techniques that we study. And honestly, so much of that is even more important than the the physical, the asana side of yoga. Well, that's it, it what I found. It has so many proven benefits. I studied that a little bit later, yeah. and I found it to be true. Uh, I wasn't able to keep up because I'm so busy, but I, uh, I got out of it that just what you just said is that... Uh, just call it, the, the, I never heard about the breathing stretching because we bring on Effie Chow on here, Dr. Chow, who's the world known yeah. for Qigong. And, uh, and, 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 of course, I've studied Den Tai Chi. I've even been in, in China where Jack, Jack Ma had invited me to yeah. his there, Tai Chi because he's big on Tai Chi. I think everybody in the business world should take Chai Chi just to learn to breathe and <laughs> keep up with it all, right? Maybe that was the secret to Alibaba with what he had to go through. Well, but back to, back to the breathing and all today now. Now, the tradition in India, where did it go from India first? Do you think it came to the West first or it went into any other countries, for any cultures first after India? You know, the actual yoga part, I'm not so certain. However, and I'm no expert, but you do see so many similarities. That's why I think it's great you mention traveling to China and and things like Tai Chi um, because so much of what we see here in, in the West, Western medicine is kind of treating symptoms once they kind of arise. And I think you see this commonality with Eastern traditions in terms of, you know, Indian and and Asian cultures where these breathing techniques are part of keeping yourself healthy. It's it's not Mm -hmm. something that's used to treat, you know, a symptom or an illness after the fact. It's proactive and it's part of your daily Life, it's part of taking care of yourself. And well, you know, you know what I learned that. with my with my background in research and science and behavior of the body and evaporation of body water loss, living with the evaporation of the water atmosphere as Earth lives with the solar system. It's all mm-hmm. relating to the rhythm of how Earth has made it through the millions of years to live with the solar system. If the earth didn't have from the beginning that evaporation of water start from the beginning, that is breathing. And that breathing (laughs) of that word evaporation, and it began to develop into a water life, life and water from the beginning of faith. And that was the faith of the planet. The planet had faith in that that strength, that energy. But it worked after a period of time. It learned to, to do rhythm. Right. A rhythm, like a, the best orchestra. The best orchestra. 
playing with all those instruments, but they come together with a particular focus of staying on notes, staying with rhythm. I've got to share with you, Liz, I just talked to you about that with, with, with our lives and our breathing and what you're doing there with yoga. Um, did you watch this? This is going to, I'm not, I'm going to where I go with this in science. Did you watch the Super Bowl yesterday? Do you know I did not? I think I'm the only person in America that missed it. Okay, let me think. <laughs> I heard okay, about okay, it. I will. Okay, what it is, I used to watch here at the, in Oregon, the University of Oregon coach, Chip Kelly, way back with the University of Oregon. And he got him into all this. He got him into yoga, trampolines, eye exercise reflexology of the eyes, and I could go on and on and on, eye technology of the eyes, and all this stuff, and nutrition, and to be healthy as an athlete, and, and perform healthy. But I watched the rhythm of that quarterback working with the rhythm of the team. So I started noticing that quarterback and then in the rhythm of the team. They always won as long as they were in rhythm. Then I started watching the Patriots with Tom Brady. And then all of a sudden I thought, gosh, he mastered it. Tom Brady's got it mastered, figured out. You've got to keep that rhythm. He's like a very mindful person. And he's very off the, off the field. Practices yeah. all this. Yeah. Then yesterday, as I watched the Kansas City quarterback, and I'm thinking, huh, boy, that young man, he's maybe doing some of this. I wasn't sure. Well, once they won the game, I could see the rhythm. If you don't follow the quarterback's rhythm, you don't win. There's a magic there. How does the earth do it? I think you see that. Well, you know, and it's. It, I think that's such an amazing observation because well, what you see on the micro, what you see on the macro. Yeah, let me let me finish where I was going with this. You'll pass out a little bit because I'm in research every day. So I go to the internet and I think, you know, I'm going to look up this young man and see what's going on here. A little bit, get a feel. All of a sudden, it said the coach. And the quarterback have a really unbelievable relationship. Fascinating relationship. After every practice, the two of them only, the two of them would go into the coach's office and they'd work on this, these plays. And then they worked on plays. It's obvious that if you get in this situation, you can work your way out of it with this. If you get into this, you, get a, you can work your way out of it with that. All mm-hmm. of a sudden, at the end of the description, it said it was like music. It did. It said music. What does that mean to you and I? Rhythm. Because if you don't keep the rhythm, and obviously everybody stay calm, and he stayed calm as a cucumber. Calm as a cucumber when they were down, which they were, and they had to do a comeback like Brady does with a comeback, calm as a cucumber. You got to do that. We all do. Now we're going to take our break and you're going to come back and teach us about the yoga you teach. And we'll learn sure. more about this cultural 
um, technology. I look at everything with technology. I'm really boring. <laughs> but anyway, don't go anywhere. You stay there, Kelly. We'll be right back. we Will do. Anyway, we're, we're going to listen to our sponsor, Nature's Tears Eye Mist. Did you know at the surface of your eye is 99% water? And that word dry eye and your water complaints, uh, your, pardon me, your eye complaints and, and after LASIK or cataract procedures or eye drops touching that 99% water can cause a problem to over-drying the eye. Sitting at a TV, sitting at a computer, daily activity individually, there are no two eyes alike. So they asked me if I would study that and that evaporation. So we invented what was worldwide now, the only product technology like it sold millions, a, a, just a mist with 100% tissue culture grade of water to be able to mist the eye, to supplement it, like you should be drinking a lot of water a day, the eyes need that during the day, like you brush your teeth. What is dry eye? It leads to blindness. What is dry eye? It's vision impairment. Well, listen to our sponsor with Nature's Tears Eye Mist. 100% natural, no additives, all a benefit of nature's nutrition. We'll listen to our sponsor, and we'll be right back with Kelly Ross. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com. Discover the secret of Nature's Tears Eye Mist, an entirely different approach to eye care without eye drops. When your tear film is dry, your eyes feel dry. Nature's Tears Eye Mist naturally supplements the tear film with Biologic Aqua Absolute Premium Standard Grade of pure, all-natural water. Nature's Tears Eye Mist, just a mist. All-natural, safe, convenient, no preservatives. Nature's Tears Eye Mist can be purchased nationwide at selected eye care professionals and drugstores near you. Have you become a member yet? Sign up now to become a member of Voice America. It's always free and easy. Plus, you get to take advantage of some great member benefits. Get unlimited access to millions of hours of on-demand content across all of our channels. Keep track of your favorite episodes, shows, and hosts in your own customizable library. Find out what shows you might be interested in based on your favorites. Plus, you get insider access with our newsletter. Membership gives you more. Sign up at voiceamerica.com and click register at the top right. Stimulating talk gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one Internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com You're listening to the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. If you have a question or comment, please direct your email to SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. That's SharonKleinaHour at Yahoo.com. Now, back to the program. Kelly, you were t- teaching us about culture that was started out, yoga, but there's more to yoga than people really, really know. 
you've been teaching us that this morning on that relationship that yoga teaches us to live after thousands of years of cultural experience and, and practice from India came to the United States in, let's say, the late 70s and become more popular but more physical. But you seem to teach what the United States wants out of it. I, I'm dead, I take that wrong. You do more physical than the other. I do. I teach with a national um, chain called Lifetime Fitness. And so there, obviously, we're drawing people in, you know, primarily on the physical side of things. But the really cool part about yoga is that that tends to be how people come to us, looking for a good physical workout, but... Once they come in, we kind of hook them that way. And then once they realize, kind of the way I did, you know, there's so many more layers to this than just (laughs) feeling good after a workout, stretching. Once they're in and they realize, you know, we do try to imbue our classes with that philosophy, with the pranayama, and offering, you know, the scientific, the proven scientific benefits from people who are much, much smarter than I am. We're talking about, you know, Stanford has an entire institute devoted to mind-body studies, Harvard, Cambridge, you know, they've all, they've all confirmed the benefits that, you know, for thousands of years, people in India have known. (laughs) So, you know, we do start with that physical side of things, but it does go beyond the physical, and, and people do have that available if they want to learn more as, you know, I'm just one of many teachers who teach for that particular uh, institution, and, and we all, you know, I think uh, have become, you know, more deeply invested with the other limbs of yoga, not just the asana or the physical postures. So that's there. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like peeling back the layers of an onion. If you really like it, you're going to just, you know, get into it and you're going to want to know more and more and more. And there's always more to learn. That's the great part. So as you're teaching, when they first arrive and you're with, which, which franchise chain are you with? Um, it is called Lifetime. Lifetime What's the name Fitness. of that franchise chain? Uh, Lifetime. Yoga chain. Um, I teach through Lifetime Fitness. So Hello? they offer all different kinds of classes, but they have their um, they have a yoga. They, no, they, I mean, I, I we didn't we we got a break uh, we got a, um, a we didn't hear you. Uh, did you? Um, what was the name of the uh, the franchise chain you're with? The company is called Lifetime Fitness. Lifetime Fitness, and how yes. many how yes. many do they have across the United States? Um, I want to say they're on one thirty something, or they're in, they've they've got well over a hundred locations, and they're opening more every mm-hmm. week. So they're uh-huh. they're pretty they're pretty big. They're well known, um, but I don't know that most people would know that they have a really serious yoga program. <laughs> you know, uh-huh. I think you find the oh, fitness okay. yoga at many gyms, but Lifetime has okay. really they've. They've put a lot into their yoga program, so it's nice. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, in the let's say the part that you you teach and uh, your focus 
as an instructor after all these years of knowledge and passion. And by the way, uh, I can understand going from uh, ballet and enjoying yoga because I understand the ballet um, well and not way back. I, my, my daughter had taken ballet for years. They were prepping her for the Canadian ballet at the time. She decided to become oh, a swimmer, goodness. competitive swimmer, but because she just loved the water. <laughs> it's not funny, but because I'm into water research now. But anyway, back to the whole thing. As you found yourself into what would be a healthy thing for you personally, because people have to be involved in something they like for themselves to really do well at it. And uh, then you started this about two decades ago now. Am I, do, do we remember that well? A little over. Teaching about <laughs> a little over. Okay, teaching. Yes. teaching. Okay, okay. Well, I'm 78, so don't worry about aging yourself. I think the older we get, the smarter we might get. <laughs> My parents did a good job. The older I get, the smarter you'll get. Oh, okay. <laughs> But anyway, an experience is intellectual property values. Trust me. People have to value experience. But um, how many students do you think, before we go on, how many students do you think you've had? Oh, my goodness. (laughs) That's That's a really great question. I have been teaching in my current location for eight years now, and I have students that have been with me the whole time. Um, uh-huh. Now, of course, you do see, you know, no matter where you are, whether it's a, a, a private, you know, person just doing private lessons or in a studio or even in a fitness setting, people come and go. You know, on a weekly basis, I probably see, I teach three classes because I also teach, I'm, a, I'm an English teacher full time. So I teach three yoga classes at the club per week, and they're usually between 30 and 60 people in the class. Um, mm-hmm. So wow. I am also at math. I always say like I don't do growing? math in public. Um, I would say yes. I mean, I think yoga in on. general is, is mm-hmm. growing in popularity, um, and... You know, I think any teacher with a long tenure like, you know, I've had with my particular location, you know, you build a, you build your following. And I think, you know, I, I have my people. I've found my people that <laughs> come in and yeah. spend time with me and make it a point every week. And so it's always a great feeling when you see those faces because, you know, you were talking about that relationship between the coach and the quarterback for the Chiefs and how mm-hmm. they, you know, have that, mm-hmm. that bond. You know, I think in order to really thrive, you look for that in a teacher. You want to have that relationship. You want to know that, mm-hmm. you know, they're not just investing their time in you, but that, that caring. And so that's really what makes it work, you know. And yoga means... You being... Uh, to yoke. Excuse me. You know? Yeah. What, you being... Um, studied now, you've studied, um, and you being a teacher now, that your major hours a day are being a teacher, English teacher. Is that in high school or the university? 
Oh, no. I'm oh, actually cool. in middle school right now, which is amazing. Middle school. It's the amazing best kept secret. <laughs> oh, yeah. That middle school group. In fact, I'm thinking about starting a scholarship program. That's where I'm going. Middle school. I yeah. love them. They are wonderfully well, hungry, awkward and they, funny. Uh, yeah, they're visionary. Um, they're, they really um, are. Visionary. They're open to listen. They're open to, yes, they have their outlook and opinion. That's okay. Uh, but they're, that middle group, that middle group is trying to figure out where they're going to go. Yes. And I'm sure yes. the influence that you have back there in Virginia, living so close to that East Coast area there of what it does and all that's going on, those kids are really interesting because they have a to be different than the West Coast kids. Uh, coming across the United States. Have you found with your teaching that having, doing, being a yoga instructor, that that's helping you work with the children and, and, and get a, um, understanding of their class and how important the class is to them and where they might want to go with that class and, um, because of your yoga background, are you finding that working for you to add to that benefit? Absolutely. And, you know, I actually, I've instituted what I like to call Meditation Mondays or Mindfulness Mondays with them here in oh. school, public school, here in the summer. I'll bring that out to um, the whole country. <laughs> we, you know something they ask oh. for, it and they get upset when we have to do something else and forget. Yeah. Say next to oh. their parents, no, Mrs. Ross, we want it, and they participate. They actually and that's every day. And that's and every really class. Okay. On Mondays. We do on Mondays. On Mondays. And so okay. I'll share a breathing technique with them or just a short guided meditation. Sometimes I'll just lead them through a visualization exercise. And they love it. That you know you now, did you have one or two that are looking around and laughing, but <laughs> now did you have to go to the administration there to get that approval? You know something? I will tell you. We are in a very large school district here um, in Northern Virginia, mm-hmm. and it's actually mm-hmm. an initiative that they are, you know, tending to push more on the county level. And so my administration mm-hmm. in particular um, is very supportive of incorporating those mindfulness practices in the classroom. Mm-hmm. And Wonderful. it's also something that's gaining traction, you know, at the district yeah. level. So it's really great. It's really great. That's brilliant. I mean, because you are for everyone, you know? (laughs) Well, it's kind of like I was telling you earlier about how the culture probably did in India way back to get people in mind and living with the planet and living with faith and living with self, loving and caring and reaching out with that care. But take some time and breathe. Absolutely. Take some time and meditate and take some time to give to yourself and i and when you then when you be, live your life that day and you go on that day after that ec, 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 practice there and therapy i will call it whatever i don't think do this right but back to the whole thing they'll take it more calmly they'll breathe they'll take it with calm and then exactly. the emotions that come before you 
whether it be, and there's emotions of all kinds. There's emotions of, of walking down the street and somebody pushing you a little bit. Uh, Galloway, or you're walking down the street and you see somebody who just drove too fast and almost ran over you. There's different things that you see or traffic accident. There's times that you're needed to do certain things in the home or you have certain different symptoms along the way that kind of want to take a breath and just, uh, you know, do I can't dealing with that. But it teaches them how to stop and use the thinking of calmness with breath. And that's where I came from, Kelly, with how the earth has had to learn to do it, to live with the solar system. To me, that is the most unbelievable miracle of how these, this earth lives the way it does out there with that solar And they still it's haven't incredible. learned a lot. It is incredible. <laughs> well, have you now, with your people, real quickly, we don't have too much time left, do you talk nutrition? Um, you know, I'm not a, uh, you know, a licensed um, uh, nutrition. I'm, I don't have any certifications or anything to that end. One of the kind of bedrock principles of yoga, we call it ahimsa, um, and it means nonviolence. And it starts with yourself, offering yourself that kindness like you were talking about, and, and you know, not doing that negative self-talk that we all kind of tend to do. But also, in a lot of the yoga tradition, it is interpreted to mean not eating meat or being leading more of a vegetarian lifestyle. This mm-hmm. works for some people and it doesn't work for other people. And that's just... And then, well, know, the reason I brought it up is for them to learn to do all of that, plus the physical. They've got to be yeah. nutrition conscious. Drink a lot. Now, I'm <laughs> drinking a lot of water, uh, number one. But did you know I have been doing a lot of interviews of doctors around the world in this country and... When the patient comes into the office, they always think they're going to take it for granted. Well, drink water. Well, the, the patient walks out, and they haven't said to the patient, even during this opioid thing, as they were handing out those prescriptions, drink a lot of water or this is not going to work whenever you take any prescription or any pill or any vitamin. And um, my thing is water with probably with good training there with now. Now, I'm out of time with you, but I've enjoyed every minute of what you've taught us and and what your dedication is there. Oh, my goodness. Well, it's been my pleasure. Uh, Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, and thank you so much for taking your time and coming on today, and keep up that good work. And with those kids, thanks for having me. You too. (laughs) Thank you. Have a nice day, and be well. Thank you. Well, the audience, I want to thank you for listening today. I think we learned a lot about living this planet and what yoga is all about and that breathing. I want to thank you for listening. And remember, put a child in your heart, a child in your hands. Every child is perfect. I want to thank you for listening. Have a nice day. And you be well. Thank you for listening. Join us next week for another edition of the Sharon Kleina Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water, Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel, with an encore Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. 
Remember to visit Sharon's website at SharonKleinaHour.com. 